Welcome to Best Friend Simulator, a quality hangout in podcast form with your simulated best friends, Josh and Dennis. You know, two things. A. It turns out you can't just try to get all of the shit out of your throat right before recording because it just stays in there. It just doesn't empty out and then you're good to go. Two, you're really fucking with me today. Me. I'm fucking with you. Yes, who else would? Me, Josh, co-host of Best (laughs) Friend Simulator. Who do you think I'm talking to? Hi, it's me, Dennis, and I'm talking to you, Josh. I'm talking to our listeners. That's like a little thing for them so they know what we're doing here. Those first-time listeners. <sighs> okay, how am I fucking with you, Dennis? You want uh, you're making noises in right into the microphone, hurt my ears. What noises am I making? With your Pepsi. I'm- oh, I mean your your soda pop. It's not that loud. It hurt my ears. And you, motherfucker, are one of the loudest human beings I know. You've been. You've been hurting my ears in the phone for like twenty something years. So sorry, sorry. I want you to hear all the amazing things I have to say. Suck it dry. Wait, no, no. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go back and you're gonna go back and post and delete that comment. Okay, I'll change it to suck it wet. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So, am I bringing like a really nasty <sighs> element? To this, am I a nastier person than I thought I was? <sighs> What's wrong with the both of us? <laughs> we got off on a weird foot. I think we need to restart this. Our foot is always going to be weird. Are you a na- you've you know, real talk? You've always been a nasty person, and I have just kind of encouraged it. Oh, like you're a saint. I said I encouraged it. Mo- Mother Mother Teresa over here. Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa. I mean, like, if we were having a morality contest, yeah, I would be out in front. But oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm that that far in front. I got nothing to say to you. What? Where did this come from? Am I a nasty person? What is this? You? I, I mean, no. I mean, it just nasty? it just dawned on me. Because I said some gross stuff within the first couple of minutes. October 23rd, 2017. It just dawned on you that you might be nasty. Well, no, I'm going back and listening to the podcasts. I'm like, man, I'm a nasty boy. I wouldn't. And not even the kind that that Miss Janet Jackson, I think, likes. I wouldn't go around (laughs) and say and tell people that you're a nasty boy. I'm telling myself this, Dennis. I'm coming to terms with it. I'm a nasty, nasty boy. So you sit in bed at night and you just say, I'm a nasty boy. Yeah, suck this, butthole that. You know, that's me, apparently. Everybody's that's, like, you're always telling people to butthole themselves. Hey, buttholes. <laughs> I did come up with a new curse word, though. Let's hear it. What do you got? Dick hands. Dick hands. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I like to I like to combine curse words and then... um. I was call- I was uh, saying that everybody was a bunch of dickheads when I was driving around one day, <laughs> and then um, I said something about some dickheads got something in his hands, and then um, I was with Alexis, and she <laughs> said dickheads, and so now we just we were whispering dickheads to each other, dickheads, and now we just whispered dickheads to each other. <laughs> it's pretty fun. <laughs> I like to combine curse words because then you can't, you know, like. Motherfucker could be offensive, of course, like, if you say, um, I don't say this, but if you say cocksucker, of course, that could be seen as somebody thinking you're being homophobic. Of course. Um, of course. So that, that, that way, so if you just, like, combine curse words, like, you're, you're usually in the clear. So, yeah. like, cock knocker doesn't make any sense. Fuck horse, that's a favorite F- of mine. Fuck horse is a great one. Shit lipper. Uh, shit Shit lipper? Well, yeah, that could be misconstrued. So, but a lot of the dick hands comments comes from driving around Philadelphia and walking around Philadelphia and just people just 
it's either they're trying to kill you with their insanity of the way they drive and the way they walk, or they're not paying attention to you or, and you know, like looking at their phones or, or they're just, you know, they're, they don't know where they're going. Where am I going? I'm walking down the street. Hey, do I want to go in this store? Oh, am I coming out of this store into like a million people walking down the sidewalk? Oh, I don't, I'll just open the door and then I'll just stand there and I'll look up at a building because I've never seen a fucking building before. Oh, it's magical. Or they're driving down the street and it's like, I'm going to park here. Mm, no, I'm going to park here. Mm, no, I'm going to park. It's making me crazy. It's, you, you should try existing in Seattle. I think it's even worse than it is out there. You have told me it's pretty rough. Motherfucking oblivious motherfuckers. Uh, I, I, I think you could say that I, I, I'm on a pretty even keel. I'm not like a, a rageaholic or anything by any means, but like I get so upset with these people out here. And the cool thing about it is a, a very forceful, excuse me, makes them scatter because they're not mm, used to directly nice. talking to each other or looking at each nice. other. See, here's the problem with doing that in Philadelphia. If you're a little too assertive, you might get shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you don't know who is just going to blow you away. It's fun. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I'm going to curse this guy out. And then I'm like, that looks like, uh, that looks like a scary dude. I'm, not, I'm probably not going to do that. <laughs> I've said in the past that I feel like I am way more Philly here in Seattle than I was in Philly. Because I couldn't get away with being as just direct as I think I was mm -hmm. back then yeah. for those I, reasons you stated. I felt that way when I lived in San Francisco. There was a much, like I worked downtown and there was a much bigger tourist uh, population, tourist population, sure, tourist population yeah. than there is in Philadelphia. And um, I literally had to like dodge people that were filming buildings with their camcorders. That's going to be pretty important, I think, though. So, Josh, that brings me to a new segment on the show. It's called A Sexy Secret. A Sexy Secret. Come over here at the corner where it's a little more quiet. I want to talk to you about podcasting. I want to talk to you about pot. So here's my secret. I'm going to tell it. Like this, real close to the mic. Just get real sexy with it. You know, I'm a larger gentleman, and I'm constantly aware and constantly processing the physical space that I take up everywhere I am. And it drives me mad when people don't do that even a fraction of the amount of time that I do. All right, that was my sexy secret. That's... Should that have... Uh aroused me in some way oh no it was just more of like a like a thing i don't just say out loud all the time okay that so it wasn't really sexual as much of it was like inside of me all the time no that was a weird way to put that like inside you in a sexy way uh like deep down inside like deep in your You got it. My uh-uh. You got it. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the morning zoo. Here. I, 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 uh, I'm the gator, and this is the lunatic. So. But really, but seriously, I just, I'm constantly, like, okay, case in point, I'm at the supermarket, yeah. right? I'm going to, oh, that's what I want, that I walked past it. I'm going to look all around me before I walk backwards even half a step to grab that can. Other people, they're just, like, uh, walking backwards as a thing in the supermarket. Like, ugh. This... And it's another one of those things where I'm just like... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, this is another thing that I think is worse in Seattle um, than it was in Philadelphia. Like, you're at a store, right? 
you are in, you know, in a cities, supermarkets tend to be limited in space. So the air, the aisles are kind of narrow. So, you know, like I'll be sitting there looking at something on the shelves. Somebody behind me is just, you know, they just park their cart, whatever person needs to get by me. Right. Instead of just saying, excuse me, and getting by, they'll try to like sneak in past me, totally getting into my personal space. Like I'm some fucking sleeping idol that if they awaken me, I'm going to come to life and fucking, you know, smash them with my giant stone fists or something. Like, I'd li- just say, I'd like to see that, excuse though. me. Just say, excuse me. It's cool. Like, no. can you not talk to people? And here's the thing. It's, you know, growing up, I think I said here's the thing like a million times. Growing up, it's not, I mean, like, you know, my mom was kind of like into manners, but she wasn't like crazy about them. So I don't know where I got this from. I think it's just from being so self-conscious that I'm just like always thinking I'm in somebody's way or going to be trapped or something. Let's, I mean, I think it's a two-part thing. I, I do think being extremely self-conscious does make you critical of the things that you do. But also I think our involvement in stuff like, you know, punk and just being somewhat political has made us think about the space that we occupy various reasons you know like as as dudes we have to think about the spaces that we occupy in context to women and everybody else around us but so i think it's that maybe but there's so many people in punk that don't do any of those things it's true it's true but maybe it has nothing to do with punk i don't know maybe it's just us because everybody is awful Speaking of secrets, um, have you ever seen someone walking down the street and it looks like they have a secret? Yes. <laughs> it really bums me out because I want to know the secret, but then I'm like, oh, I think that person's not well. But now, like they got a, like I saw a guy the other day and he had a funny secret. Anyone that it tells somebody. Ooh. And he was just hurriedly rushing down the street to tell somebody a secret. I mean, so I thought. And now with Bluetooth technology and these microphones getting smaller and smaller i don't know who's got a secret or who's actually talking to somebody maybe both the, f- the first person that that popped into my head was maybe about three years ago back when i lived in the capitol hill area of seattle um, i was walking down the street and a gentleman walked by me and just muttered that's it i'm throwing you to the goblins <laughs> holy shit and i i just wanted to know more I mean, I'm thinking it might have been a case of severe mental illness, but mm-hmm. on the off chance, maybe he had some goblins somewhere and he was going to throw maybe. somebody. I don't know. Maybe he didn't like you. I don't think he was he was addressing me because I, I, I feel like I, I sort of crossed paths with him and he had been talking. So maybe he had an invisible Bluetooth in. I guess the guy out of secret was giggling, so maybe, I mean, he could have been talking to somebody. He wasn't actually, like, saying words. He was just like, ooh. So, I would, but (laughs) he got it. No, it really was like that. That's why I got excited, because I was like, ooh, that must be juicy. And I'm a, I can, you know, I could be a bit of a gossip, so I was like, I have to know. But I didn't ask him. And I'll do that, and I'll do this just for you, and then you could, you could interpret it as it was. (laughs) (laughs) So that, uh, Dennis just kind of wiggled his fingers in front of his mouth in a a devilish, impish way, I would say. It also could have been meth. Yeah, I mean, that that's always a pretty big, what, big, what am I trying to say? Big deal. Big deal. There's a pretty big chance, let's say that. God. Oh, no, don't God. worry about it. You never read that book? <laughs> you never read that book, Meth? It's a big deal. <laughs> By Johnny Krakenheimer, MD. We were, we were talking two seconds. We were, oh, we were talking <laughs> two seconds. Not on meth, but I really want to. Uh, can we have like a little like uh, after school special music here? Kids, meth. So we were talking two minutes before we started recording about, I said, hey, Josh, as I as I, I usually call Josh by his first name. And I said, hey, Josh, uh, there's like these good microphones on Craigslist 
for like cheap because you know we're trying to we have a history of dumping money into um fruitless endeavors and so why not stop why stop now well spend money uh, on gear yeah and josh asked if it would help him speak english better and i said no and so i think that's why because we have problems with words and stuff i i will say this i think i have a legitimate excuse i was i want to hear this i was diagnosed with adhd that's your uh, attention De- deficit hyperactivity disorder. Uh, Dennis just made a jerk off hand motion. So cool. Thanks for the support. Best friend. I'm just kidding. No, my I was saying that because I don't think that's why you don't know how to say words. No, uh, one of the things that, that comes along with ADHD is uh, a problem with word recall. Mm, what do I have? I think you just got a soft brain. Oh, Oh, so you, okay, so see, and, this, and, and you know what, you know, this is why I do the jerk off hand, no, fuck, shut up, this is why, because you have a legitimate mental illness, and I'm just an idiot. It hurts, doesn't it, Dennis? That was demonstrative. Demonstrative? No. That was... <laughs> ADD gotcha again. That was, that was just to turn the tables on you, you know? It hurt, didn't it? Oh, is this what you do? You just teach me a lesson every episode? Yeah, I'm like an old wizened gnome. I've always said that about you. Oh, my friend Josh, he got ADD, and he's also like an old wizened gnome. It's becoming more and more true as time passes. Hmm. I can't wait to see if anybody has a secret tomorrow. Ooh. Hey, (laughs) listeners, if you guys have any secrets, share them with us. Oh yeah! If you want to, if you want to uh, um, submit your own sexy secret, we could talk about it, and make fun of it, if that would help you. Yeah, I like that because I'm apparently a nasty boy, <laughs> and I have a soft brain. Soft brain and nasty boy. Auga. Um, <laughs> oh, I wanted to <laughs> mention something. Um, so here's a problem that we encounter when we record episodes uh, a month <laughs> apart. We talk about dragons fucking cars as if we had never <laughs> spoken about it before even though we talked about it the episode before which in real life was a month or six weeks apart so and i this is further proof of our soft brains and and nasty boys i also explained uh coast to coast am again as well so yeah that, so that's a problem we've learned our lesson and we'll just every day we're just gonna record every day you know, I think the problem is I just need to be more expedient with my editing so that I at least know instead of recording and then letting it sit for a little while. We probably would have said the same shit, though. It, it, I think it's... It's true. Inevitable. That's that's not a lie. All right. What else you got? Hey, uh, listeners, you guys like uh, video games? You like to get crazy, get your hardcore game on with some of the latest video game consoles? Wow. So if you, if you never sounded like a narc before, you totally do now. Anybody know where I can get any marijuana cigarettes? I was going to say, Dennis and I play a lot of Destiny 2. And uh, we started a clan, but now Dennis has hurt me with his hurtful words. Look, as a nasty boy, you should be able to deal with it. Just because I get nasty doesn't mean I don't have feelings. <laughs> the two aren't mutually exclusive. I sure, hey, hey, sure, I like to talk about a butthole, but I I have feelings, <laughs> buddy. You like to you like to talk about Robocop's butthole. God, I do, apparently. Oh, and we have quite a a breaking story to get into a little bit later about that. Uh, oh. We have, oh some, uh-oh. we have some developments. I'm very excited. Yeah, Destiny 2 though? Dennis and I are some, we, we like video games. I'm not good at them. I'm not either, but it doesn't stop me from playing them. Jamie is way better at video games than me, by the way. Hi, Jamie. But we started a best friend simulator clan. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you play Destiny 2, join our clan. Holler at us. Best friend simulator. That's the name of the show. That's the name of the show. And uh, Josh, in in uh, at what episode can I interview Jamie? I don't know. She... Wants to come on? I have a litany. Litany? Litany. Yeah. I have a bunch of questions. A list. Yeah. My problem is I try to get fancy boy. The nasty boy. The fancy boy. I try to get fancy and uh, it just doesn't work. So I have a litany of, of, of questions to ask. A, 
What's it like to live with a fancy, uh, a nasty boy? Fancy boy, you keep why you keep trying to call me a fancy. I'm boy? the fancy boy. Sorry, I'm not fancy either. We're gonna have to edit this episode a lot. Yeah, we gotta punch it up a little bit. Oh, yo, can you add like 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 that uh like the remix horn? I refuse. Well, <laughs> obviously, you don't know how to punch anything up. I was also thinking that we need to hire. Oh, actually, this is a good. Good thing to get into. So I had a. So sometimes I have thoughts that are just really weird. And uh, I was thinking that if we ever do a live episode, I'd like to have like an announcer, like that guy who says like "Let's get ready to rumble," and then I'd like to have dancers. Okay. Like interstitial dancing. Would we get the guy? No, no, he's going to be too much money. We'll get a. We'll get a facsimile. Of course, he can't say "Let's get ready to rumble" because that's trademarked. But we can come up with something else. Like, let's get ready to mumble or some shit like that. I just came up with that. Hey, what up? Let's get ready to lumble. Can oh. it be like a, a young person wearing old age makeup? Yeah. And what would they say? I don't know. Whatever. I, it's more or less. I'm just, I just like the idea. And this is the second time I've mentioned this on the podcast. How stoked <laughs> I am about a young person wearing old age makeup that's it that was your whole idea that it would be a young person wearing all old age makeup would they have an announcer's voice like a real yeah, they would, they old would say man's some, voice some variation of let's get ready to rumble but you know like a knockoff but you get the okay. reference okay i like it like and they could come up like they're all old and then they just fucking do a backflip off the and stage they may- what what kind of kid is this it's like a magical kid. No, I don't mean like a little kid. I mean just like a, a young, a per, like somebody who's clearly not 80 years old, but wearing shitty old age makeup. You're not following me on this? You don't think this is mm. a good idea? I guess it's kind of funny, but you know, we say, we talk about adult shit, you know? Let's like, get but, ready like, to tumble. And they fucking do a back, like Mary Lou Retton style <laughs> backflip. What did spray. you just say? Mary Lou, Mary Lou Retton. Mary Lou Retton. Timely reference. So... 2017, we're going to do a podcast. We're like 10 years behind everybody. So really, to keep up with the times, you're going to use like a 40-year, a 30-year-old reference when you could have easily said like, oh, shit, whoever won the gold medal in the last Olympics just to keep up with the kids. But you said Mary Lou Ren. That one's going out to all the 80s kids out there. Oh, God. What did I tell you about BuzzFeed? What what did I tell you about talking in BuzzFeed article titles? 80s kids will get this. It's either this or I just get nasty again. What does that look like? I'm going to show you my butt. No. (sighs) What? Didn't I talk about this in the last episode when I said we're not doing lowest common denominator humor and your joke was to, I'm just going to show you my butt. Is this what this has devolved into? Hey, Dennis. Hey, what's up? Butt. (laughs) Balls. Is this because I talked about our download statistics before we started, and now we both realize it's all for nothing? Look, man. No, I'm into it, man. I'm going to do this till I die. What else do I have? That's the spirit. It's not about the download statistics. Isn't it? It's about this right here. You feeling this? Look me in the eye. I can't wait. Look me in the eye. What are you doing? What are you trying to grab at? Look me in the eye. No, I don't want to. Look at me, Dennis. That's weird. Looking at you. Oh, stop looking at me. Do you feel this right now? If you keep staring at me when we do this, I'm not going to do this on Skype anymore. Okay, fine. I'm just I saying. Want you to, I want you to look away. People are going to pick this up down the line. I don't think so. I don't think so. And I think it's all because you said but. They don't want to listen to a nasty boy. Okay. What's what's listen to nice what's, people. What's Joe Rogan do? I don't have any idea. <laughs> uh, doesn't he do MMA? An MDMA? Does he say but a lot on his podcast? Yo, do you think Joe Rogan does MDMMA? That's where you take a bunch of MDMA and then do MMA? That's a good joke. I just made it up. It's not a joke. It was a serious question. That is the question that I'm going to ask Joe Rogan when we interview him after we interview Jamie. Okay. Maybe we could have them both on. She's she's uh, a really big Joe Rogan fan. I know that. Joe Rogan, Jamie, Jamie, Joe Rogan. All right. You guys just... uh, have at it. We'll uh, come back and shut off the recording in about a half hour. So yeah, good luck. This is, All right, let's move on from this. This nonsense. is bad. This is a bad episode. 
<laughs> I feel no, like this I is think a bad this is good. <laughs> I think MDMMA is one of the best jokes I've ever said on the podcast. I'm going to beg to disagree, but hey, man. I think true fans are going to say we're getting away from our roots, which is we're not even talking about each other anymore. <laughs> what have you been up to? What's going on? I don't uh... even talk to you anymore. <laughs> oh, God, you froze. Oh, yeah, sorry, I put you in the spotlight there. Jesus. Oh, I got something. I don't, I don't, I didn't mean for this episode to be as ranty as it is, because I kind of hate people who rant all the time. It's like, calm down. But, you know, we're not like Alex Jonesing it up here. It's true. And I'm ranting about people that rant, so who the fuck am wait, I? Wait, real quick, will you do your uh, Alex Jones? False flag! Oh, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> that was a good Alex Jones face. Man, fuck that guy. I don't pay attention to him. Obviously not. <laughs> uh, but I do have a minor rant here. So as we discussed on a previous podcast, I'm of the vegan persuasion. No one says that. Okay, I'm fucking vegan. Jesus Christ! Why are you giving me such a hard time tonight? Oh, God damn it! God. You know what I hate? What? Other than the mass slaughter of animals for our consumption <sighs> what that was, that was like a little joke there uh that fucking how can you tell someone is vegan joke oh i love that joke and so okay i'm gonna say this because i doubt any of my coworkers are ever gonna listen to this show but uh we hired a new guy at work the other day a new guy working in the office office manager a very nice lady bought a bunch of bagels actually found vegan cream cheese for me which, you know, is really nice. She didn't have to do that. I appreciate it. It got mentioned that I, you know, that I was vegan. And the new guy was like, oh, yeah, I, I bet I would have found out that he was vegan. Like, referencing the joke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was just like, number one, I hate that joke. It's so stupid. Number two, dog, you really going to say that to me the first day you're fucking working at this place? I'm going to weld a cage for you and you're going to live in it now. Okay. Did you say any of that stuff to him? No, I just silently judged him. Although I think it would be funny if everybody showed up at work tomorrow and you and that dude was in a cage that you had welded for him. That'd be pretty dope. He'd probably get fired. I actually, you know, I was a mealy mouth little turd and mentioned something along the lines of how my coworkers talk about how I'm vegan way more than I do. Next time, I'm, I'm trying to teach people how to deal with this stuff. Um, you can come to my class uh, where I teach you how to be a nasty boy. And so you go like this. So I'll be you and you be the guy. All right. Uh, no. Uh, uh, hey, I'm Josh. Uh, uh, actually, I'm vegan. You're supposed to be your coworker. Come on. Oh. Uh, get me out of this cage, man. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I gotta go home. No, you're fucking this, up this role play. This isn't funny. <laughs> I'm trying to teach you how to be assertive. Oh, uh. God damn it. All right, ready? <coughs> uh, I wouldn't uh, know because how do you know when somebody's vegan? Oh, oh, fuck. That's really fucking funny, dude. Holy shit. And then you punch him in the dick. I got it. Or how about this one? Okay. I thought mine was good, but go ahead. How do you know when somebody's not vegan? I don't know how. They're going to make that fucking corny, how do you know somebody's vegan joke? Mm. Idiot. Mm. Idiot. No, it's not good. Although I have made that joke before. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think the worst thing about being vegan is other vegans. I was going to say, don't don't act like you haven't met the most self-righteous vegans ever. I, they'll just circle around to my point that I made earlier. Everybody's garbage. Fuck all you people. Except for our fans. <laughs> All Except for the best friend maniacs. Best friend maniacs out there. Yeah! This is how we get a podcast going. hoo We're just real salty today, aren't we? Yeah, I don't know what happened. I shouldn't be because this is like the first, uh, this is my first three-day weekend of my new work schedule. Yes, that's right. Even famous podcasters have to work day jobs. Three-day work schedule? Three-day weekend? Three-day weekend, yeah. Three-day weekend. Yeah. It's been a, my lifelong dream, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting to live it out. It's pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm squeezing the other hours into the four days. It's not like I'm just dropping a day, but still, it's pretty nice. I hope to do that someday myself. We could just dedicate that day to podcasting live. Oh, shh. 
shit, finally we can do our eight-hour podcast-a-thon. I don't think we could ever do a live show. Why not? Do you know how many, like, ten-second pauses and ums and uhs there are when we talk? Like, I tighten it up a lot. I don't want you to edit anything I say and anything I don't say. When I speak, Josh, let me explain something to you. When I speak, it's like jazz. No, now, hold on. You're don't do not look up. You're going to make eye contact eye contact with me now. I just had like a a fit just now. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Just look at me. Look at my eyes. Look at my eyes. Look at me. Look at me. Look. When I, <laughs> now it's too much. It's too much. Look away. Look away. I changed my mind. I can see you, Dennis. <laughs> uh, you always got to get nasty. So what I was trying to say was, don't edit anything out. Because when I talk, I know exactly what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. All the ums are supposed to be there. All the silence is supposed to be there. Okay. Well, you know, because of my uh, aforementioned ADHD, that's not a luxury I have. So. Well, you edit yourself all you want. Keep everything cool. I say. No, I'm just kidding. You should edit you should probably edit most of the things I say out. Oh, I do. Do you now, ever listen to any of the podcasts? Now that hurts. Now that hurts. <laughs> hey, Dennis. <sighs> what do you got? I want to talk to you about Mills Hole. Again. All right, I'm excited. I want to hear the rest of this. And not, Man, I am a nasty boy. How many times did I say Mills asshole? Last episode. <laughs> yeah, it was a little too nasty. God, I need to work on being such a nasty boy. I think you, I mean, look, I, I think it's just time to admit you have an obsession with buttholes. Just being nasty. That's my obsession. Amongst other things. Yeah, so here's Josh's paranormal portal, which is what I'm calling it for this. We can't change it so far into the podcast. Yes, we can. Okay, go. I can do whatever I want, motherfucker. Wait, no, this is my podcast. <laughs> so, uh, we discussed last episode uh, a little bit about Mel's Hole. A man over near Ellensburg, Washington, found a seemingly bottomless hole on his property that had some uh, special abilities. Uh, shafts of black light coming out of it. Dog resurrections. Uh, finding... All kinds of strange artifacts, uh, things from parallel worlds, what have you. Poor Mel initially getting paid off to, to lease his land to this mysterious shadowy organization, single-handedly rescuing a bunch of wombats, only to find his access to that land is cut off, and thus all of his money. Motherfucker got his teeth knocked out, his magic dime from another world. Wait, did we talk about the magic dime from another world? I think so. Oh, wait, we might have, yeah. We did, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, so that's where we ended. And you think, man, that's a pretty crazy story. It gets better. It gets a lot better. Uh, so Mel calls in again. I forget. I don't think I have it written in my notes here exactly when this call is. Uh, I think he called into Coast to Coast AM five times total. And over his last two calls is, is what I'm going to cover here. Mel claims he was contacted by a group in Nevada uh, consisting of Native Americans and Basque sheep herders. The Basque people are from Spain, I believe. And I think there are legitimately a group of them that settled northern Nevada at some point. But he was contacted by these folks who said that there is a hole on their land very similar to the one he talked about on the show. Whoa. This one, however, uh, Mel's Hole had kind of like a, a stone retaining wall around it, and it was fitted with just like a, a corrugated metal cover that I think he said he put on himself. This one, however, uh, had a metal lip around it, and it looks like it had some sort of lid, like it was a hatch or something. Whoa. Now, this one also is a little bit different because it emitted a steady warmth, and also this metal can't be seen from a distance. What does it look like from a distance? It's just not there. And you just see the hole? No, you don't see anything. Oh, shit. It only pops up when you get close to it. And also, Mel said retroactively that his dime sometimes did that, too. <laughs> Great. Although he didn't mention it in the earlier call, so I thought that was interesting. Also, this metal uh, makes no sound when you hit it. 
So he was whacking it with a hammer and it was completely silent, which brings to mind the gun that he found on his property that he gave to a landlord that when fired makes zero sound. Also, so easy to just say that, you know, that magical thing you don't have anymore. Like, oh, that magical thing? Well, I don't actually have it anymore. I gave it to my landlord. Yeah. He was trying to get in touch with them, though. So Mel's hanging out with these guys, and they're experimenting with this whole trying to figure out what to do. And I think because of the warmth thing, they were trying to gauge the temperature, like, to see what was going on with it. They lowered some ice into the hole, which I don't... His explanation for that was I didn't quite catch what he was saying there. But they lowered the ice down into this hole on a rope in a bucket. Uh, When it returned topside, it was A, unmelted, B, it wasn't cold anymore, and C, it was flammable. (laughs) What? You could light it on fire. (laughs) That's really weird. I mean, why would you you send a block of ice? Why wouldn't you just send a a thermometer? Probably so you could tell the cool story that happens because of this. (laughs) Right. Then I got Um, to light it on fire. So... Uh, yeah, one of the men took the ice home and kept it in his wood stove because it never stopped burning. So it was constant a constant source of fuel. Mm-hmm. And I'll get back into that a little bit later. There's some pretty good stuff involving that. So they're hanging out with that. They're like, okay, that's some weird shit going on. They decide to lower a sheep into the hole to see what happens. Mel oh boy. showed a little reticence about this. He was a little not... He wasn't happy with himself that he did this, uh, but they, you know, decided to do it just to kind of see what happens. He said they had to, to knock the sheep out because it was totally freaked out when it got near the hole. They lowered it down. Um, I think they, I don't remember actually how long he said they kept it down there, but they eventually brought it back up. It was dead and they dissected it and its body cavity, all of its organs were gone, replaced with a kind of a gel and Inside of the center of this gel in the cavity was a tumor, the length of its entire cavity. Um, And this tumor moved slightly. So they took this tumor out. It's probably about 18 inches long and cut it open. You ready for this? Uh, uh, Yeah, I can't wait. This is the best part. This is the best part. They removed from this tumor an 18 inch long creature resembling a fetal seal but with very human-looking eyes. It was connected to the tumor (sighs) with a a kind of an umbilical cord, uh, Mm -hmm. and it was alive. Okay, so quick recap, just to bring everybody up to speed. So Mel, who is a trained scientist, uh, got a bunch of his science friends, I'm assuming, not just some local yokels. I've never been to Ellensburg, but I hear it's beautiful. No, this isn't Nevada. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And these are these are the Basque sheep herders and Native Americans, I think. The that ensemble and Mel. My bad. So <laughs> these Basque sheep herders slash scientists, they lowered a sheep down into a hole. Yes. Then they brought it back up and it was dead. And then they cut dead it as open. Dillinger. Okay, then they cut it open and it had a tumor inside of it. That they didn't test the sheep to see if it had a tumor inside of it before well, they no, put it, it in the No, it hole. didn't have organs. Its organs were gone. Its entire bodily cavity was replaced with, with a, a giant tumor floating in some kind of gel. And a seal fetus. Right. A, a fetal seal, something that looked like a fetal seal with human eyes. They set it down on a table near the hole that they had out here. It separated itself from the tumor and stood and watched them for i believe two hours just staring at them that's the number one thing i hate about fetal seals wait for two hours they just let this thing stare at him well i think so mel described his feeling as like a a sense of religious awe in the in the Mm. face of this thing so i think it was like everybody was kind of just like frozen like awestruck by this creature Mel said he actually picked it up off of the table and it smelled like ozone and he set it down near the hole. Okay. You have a question? Can I, ask you? I have a question. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for taking my question. Two things. Does the commoner know what a fetal seal looks like? Well, Mel is, you know. No common man. He's uh, Yeah, he is no common man by any means. There's something how, very special about him. Question number B. How do you know what ozone smells like? I mean. Does he mean... 
Does he mean Ozone, the guy who was the breakdancer in um, Break in 1 and Break in 2 Electric Boogaloo? Because his name was Ozone. No. Ozone, I mean, Ozone smells like electricity, you know? Like, you would know it if you smelled it. Uh, what the fuck did you just say? Have you ever been in the presence of, like, raw electricity, kind of? Like, you know, you remember that time when... You were moving into that room that used to uh-huh. be a dentist's office. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, Justin and I connected the uh-huh. two live wires and it made the electric sound and shot sparks everywhere. Yeah. Uh-huh. That smelled like ozone. I, I, I don't know what that smelled like. <laughs> it, it was Josh, a long time ago. I just wanted to say something to you. It's amazing meth. we're alive though, because we... <laughs> no, I want to say meth. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Okay, please continue. <laughs> okay. So the tumor seal, as it's now lovingly known as, stared at the men for two hours, nodded at them, and then dove into the hole. Sure. Back from whence it came. Back from whence it came. Now, you want to know the kicker, Dennis? Go ahead. Our boy Mel was sick. Like he got a cold? He, prior to this experience, had been diagnosed with esophageal cancer. Esophageal? Esophageal, yeah. Esophageal? Esophageal cancer. Yes, that's right. And was given six months to live. And guess what, Dennis? Uh, You know what? I know the answer. Why don't you take a wild stab at this? Go ahead. I bet. You're a smart dude. That he went back to the doctor after this. Okay. And then the nurse came in and she said, the doctor will be right with you. And then the doctor came in and it was that fucking seal fetus. (laughs) Okay. Oh, wait. Am I a little off? Am I a little off? (laughs) That would have been dope as hell. All right. Um, I'm assuming he no longer has cancer. Yeah, he was cured of the cancer by the tumor wow. seal. The tumor seal eats our cancer. So, also, Mel says that after this experience, one of the, the old Basque men that were there gave him a 1943 Roosevelt dime. Like he used to have. Like he used to have. Pretty wild, huh? <sighs> yeah, man. So, at this point... Uh, Mel tells Art Bell that he's going to be going off the grid for a while. He's going to check back in when he returns. He calls in the fifth and final time to talk a little bit more to Art Bell about the burning ice. He said that this ice, when burned in a stove, the smoke or steam or whatever it is that it emits moves in like a circular manner. Like it comes out of the, the chimney back into the ice like this kind of circular flowing thing so you're saying that the power from this ice block is somewhat like a perfect organism robocop yeah although well i don't know if we we determine that robocop is a perfect organism though i like i like that we're going with that uh i'm gonna beg to differ in my head canon, he's got a little aperture that spits out little poop pellets. But anyway. Okay, good. Um, so this ice, uh, when, when left unattended, burning in this man's stove, the stove fell through the cabin floor. Like it, it burned okay. a hole through the cabin floor. Uh, two weeks later, the entire cabin collapsed. But the remains of the cabin turned into dust as if the moisture was all drained from it. Uh, this guy came back to his cabin a month later, to the ruins of his cabin, I should say, a month later, and the stove, still generating heat, had sunk five feet into the ground in the ruins. Mel, who is totally freaked out at this point, gets in touch with one of his military contacts from the earlier part of the story, uh, one of the people who is, I guess, writing those checks to him, and tells him what's happening with this situation. A team is dispatched with heavy-duty construction equipment. They drop a bunch of chains and water with multiple cranes to pull the stove out of the hole. Uh, You know, I think they're constantly saturating the chains and everything. Mm. It's loaded on what Mel refers to as the biggest truck he's ever seen in his life and taken away. And then the Basque people have gotten in touch with them and said that they've since then seen several more of those seal things nearby. And these seals apparently were speaking to the, to the Basque folks mm-hmm. as they were speaking to them through a boombox. Oh, right. Like having the boomboxes in close proximity, they were coming through the radio itself. They, they were, were announcing uh, songs, um, talking about local businesses, stuff like that. They had kind of like a, a morning zoo thing going on. 
Mm-hmm. Right, apparently. right, right. There were a lot of sound effects. Uh, there were two guys. One guy was named Flapjack, and the other guy's name was... Uh, Jim Jam. Jim Jam. Flapjack and Jim Jam. Um, <laughs> no, they they had they were a lot more grim than a Flapjack and Jim Jam. <laughs> I'll tell you that. They were claiming that this ice can and would destroy the world in very little time if it wasn't dealt with. And that they said that there are multiple parallel worlds and there are people in other worlds who covet our world and want to use that ice for their own purposes. Even though it would lead to a kind of an Armageddon type situation, the the, the tumor seals said that even a destroyed world is better than the world that these beings are living in. And that's it for Mel. He never called again. And when was that fifth call? That was, I, I, you know, I don't remember offhand, but it was a while back. Hmm. Do you think that we could find his hole if we tried? People have gone and looked for it. There's a, a guy who's, who's connected to this because there are, there are people obviously who stepped up after the fact and said, oh, yeah, I know about the whole, you know, like. Of course. The most famous of them is a guy who calls himself Red Elk or who, who called himself Red Elk. He's, he's since passed away. He is a self-proclaimed uh, Native American intertribal healer. Um, and he was on Coast to Coast a whole lot. I think he was a pretty regular caller. Uh, he said that in the 1960s, he visited the hole uh, with his father. And his father told him that it was very a very evil place or something. But there's if you check on YouTube, we can actually give a link out for this one, too. Since Red Elk is kind of local, he lived out in kind of central eastern Washington, I guess. He led an expedition to try to find the hole, but they couldn't find it. Mm. Where are they looking for it? Out near Ellensburg, near uh, the Manastash area. Mm. Manastash Ridge. But there is a hole there. No. Well, there, there's kind of a hole. There's a, a geologist at the, the local college uh, who found an old mine shaft that is not bottomless, obviously, uh, because a lot of geologists have weighed in and said that you can't have something that goes down 80 miles or whatever because it would just collapse onto itself. And also the heat of such going so far down, uh, the heat obviously grows as you get closer to the center of the earth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, monofilament fishing line would snap. Yeah. Also, one of the biggest issues that people have, and also I have, is that how do you know you're lowering the weight down? Because once it gets past a certain point, the line itself is going to weigh a ton. You know, if you're dropping 80 mm. feet of line or 80 miles of line down, like it's going to weigh so much that you could just be lowering it and it's going to keep, you know, but that's, you know. Right. If it's a portal to another world, that is completely different. And if you have tumor seals coming out of it, clearly it's a, tum- a portal to another world. So, Whoa, do you have this? Uh, sorry, I started looking this up while you were talking about it because oh, I'm cool. fascinated. <laughs> did, you, did you see this thing that Red Elk said? What's that? He uh, stopped giving interviews and he wouldn't show the TV crew the hole that came out to ask about it. And he said, it's far more important to seek your spiritual life. The hole isn't important. Just stay away from trying to find it. The government has it. It's totally off limits. Okay. Wow. Some words of wisdom. Mm. R.I.P. Red Elk. Oh, man. I say we try to find it. Let's do it. Ooh, we could do like a field report. Yes. Oh, you know. Okay. So I was actually talking to Josh about visiting him. And I thought about... A field report, and I started looking up um, <laughs> recording devices that we can take with us. Oh my god! Yes. Okay, we're gonna get, we're gonna record from the hole, <laughs> or we're gonna stand outside someplace windy and talk about how we're near a hole and it's not gonna be the hole. And I'm gonna pretend to push you down it. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna cut that out because I have some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that that's Mel's hole. How do you feel about that, dude? I love it. I want I want more stories from it, but I guess like nobody can find the dude anymore, huh? It's it's bonkers. 
There's a book on Amazon about it that I want to pick up. But yeah, it's it's one of my favorite weirdo theories out there. It's pretty incredible. Because it's just all over the place and doesn't make sense and isn't rooted in any kind of reality. And it just ramps up. I love the way it just it just goes even fucking crazier. Like it starts off somewhat pedestrian and just mm-hmm. exponentially gets more and more bonkers. So yeah, this is just one of my favorite things out there. <sighs> yeah, it's kind of nuts. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, you got it. I'm um, glad we got to hear the continuation of it. And uh, really quick, I just want to mention we can maybe get into this. Uh, we're running a little low on time, but um, I want to introduce a new segment called Mail Hole. Oh, snap. Uh, We received, I I alluded to this earlier, we received a few emails and also some actual snail mail, as they call it. Oh. I've always hated that term so much. Yeah, it's bad. We got a little something from a a gentleman calling himself Gary Lipson. (laughs) Do you think he's upset that we use Podbean? Uh, he might be. Might be. Oh, man. I'm so sorry, Gary. Johnny Podbean's getting our money now. <laughs> but this is uh, Gary Lipson writing to us from the future. What? Um, I Maybe, you know what? Maybe we should get into this next episode because this is pretty involved. Let's just I like, say. I like the tease that we're going to do the mailbag next episode. Yeah. Because this, this rabbit hole goes deep. Uh, on the envelope, it, it mentions uh, Eldridge DE-173, which, as you probably already know, was the ship used in the Philadelphia experiment. Of course I know that. I live in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get into this. Um, all I'm going to say is RoboCop's cloacal butthole technology. Oh, snap. So Until next time. I think that's all the time we have for this call. Hey, take it easy. See ya. Nasty boy. Thanks for listening to another episode of Best Friend Simulator. Send us an email at joshanddennis at gmail.com. That's Dennis with one N. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Friend Simulator. And thanks to Alan for the theme music. Listen to his podcast, Werewolf Ambulance, and Marveling at Marvel's Marvels. Also, thanks to Justin for the artwork. See more of his stuff at burntobuild.com. That's all the time we have for this outro. Bye. Bye. We were having fun last week with Mel's Hole.